where we feel everything connects whether we know how or not dancing and diving in the wonder and mystery of being human this is a freestyle in the moment podcast no scripts or editing is made welcome and please enjoy this ride (laughs) hello hello again yes sarah it's all right you know what i'm just thinking that me and debbie this is normal for us to have few tries before we start recording an episode every time so (laughs) this is the second time and i like it it's okay (laughs) yes no problems (laughs) so here's the thing i'm gonna start by explaining to everyone um this is miles how to say your last name trainer trainer yeah okay yeah that's what i thought but i didn't want to mispronounce it or say it yeah and debbie who is a mutual friend has suggested we have the episode with you because of a conversation we were having before and it opened up a talk about pain Uh and she introduced I mean, I remember when I was part of Tribe Design Online, the online community, you were in there. And I remember seeing a few of your videos. I don't remember if I left you feedback, you left me feedback, if we interacted that much. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I recently added you on social media. I started reading about your posts and you talk about pain and ancestors and things that are what seems to me it's what we are what's passed down to us through our dna or through history um what's passed down not only it's the feelings and the pain and all that yeah and i am very interested um Every time I read one of your posts, I get a little quiet and I reflect on myself. Like, what did I get or what was passed down to me? And I'm recently getting to this realization that a lot of my decisions and a lot of the loops and the things that I keep doing, the mistakes and stuff exactly the same things that trigger me from parents and relatives who are older than me and I'm going back down to the tree of like who were my great-grandparents and their parents and where they lived at the time and where we came from what part of the world and what was going on in that part of the world at the same time so there's a lot of fear and because there was like some of my ancestors lived in war and constant war and constant change. So that is manifested in some decisions and some things I do without me realizing. And I want to thank you for opening my perception up to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very 
very it's like it's amazing to to get that feedback because I would say that a lot of people are unaware of how their life can be like a replay of their someone in their ancestor line how they could be just replaying something that the grandfather done or the grandmother done and I think that when you look into your own trauma it's often it's often a realization that a lot of it might not make any sense in this lifetime because there was no real event that could cause you to react in the way that you do in certain situations and this happened to me where i had a lot of fears around certain topics such as sexuality and I'd mm. often be confused about the origin <clears throat> of it and where did it start and why did I feel this way and what was triggering me. And when I looked into my life more and more, it started to become clear that I had no real reference for the pain. And even in my childhood and my early childhood, I don't remember anything. and My mother didn't have any issues my father didn't have any issues and mm. even studying a lot of childhood psychology and a lot of childhood trauma I started to question it and started to realize is it actually from my childhood or is it before that and then getting to know my parents more I started to figure out they had very similar trauma and I started to think okay they were passing this down to me from their lifetime and I started to go, okay, how does that pass down? Is that passed down just by being around them? Or is it passed down through more of a DNA thing? And I was like, okay, maybe it's DNA. And I started to study DNA. And I started to realize that a lot of memories my nervous system would have would be from my mother's lifetime and my father's lifetime. And this would be true with kids that didn't even grow up with their parents and I started to go okay something's going on here like what how is memory being passed down through generations and then I started to get into inherited family trauma and ancestral trauma and I started to really study it in detail and then it started to kind of come clear how many life events I was having that was like a replay of what my parents and their parents went through. And even the, the relationship dynamics I would be having would be like just a replay of something my grandfather done. And I started to question like, why, why does this happen? And, and how does it happen? And it's got me into this idea that we are not just our family. We are, we are the environment we grow up in, the, the culture we grow up in, and we are the programs that we are told, like we are the narratives that have been told to us. And I'm starting to I'm starting to question, am I playing someone else's beliefs? Am I, or am I choosing them myself? And then mm. that goes on like that. Oh, wow. Now, when you're, you're saying that you studied... Um... Is there? I'm very curious for myself. I want to know if there are any books, um, or did you just 
go to experts or um, where did you like what what is where are you basing your study on? So my background is in holistic therapies. So my first background was in holistic massage and then I went to do functional neurology, like holistic neurology and I qualified in a thing called PDTR, which is basically a type of neurology where you learn how pain works, pain science, you learn how the brain makes choices, you learn what interacts with the brain, whether it be light or chemicals or emotions or structure issues and you start to just figure out how the brain kind of works in a in a basic holistic fashion and then I started to learn about trauma that's I started to learn about movement and nutrition and just all different types of therapies and from that I started to notice a limit on treated with those methods and then I started to look more into the emotional side of things emotional traumas and I started to look into how memory is held within the nervous system when it comes to emotions and that's how I got into the idea of like oh is this actually from my lifetime or is this from somebody else's life and then I started to get more into family constellation therapy and I got into more like shamanism and ancestral shamanism and respecting the ancestors through rituals and I looked into why was that and and what was the idea behind remembering where we came from what was the the purpose of that and I started to study that in detail study many different books like if you want quick books off the top of your head is it didn't start with you would be a very good one to start with that's an audible then there's other books like a healing ancestral karma which is an audible and then there's there's different books that are not an audible like ancestral medicine is another one that was out last year there is starting to be more and more books on this although I would say that the field is quite young in the way it's studied now. It it it, it has been talked about before, but not in the way it's been talked about now, where it's integrated with a lot of our therapies. So that's the that's the kind of resources that I would give someone if they're wanting to start off and learn about it. Wow. Oh wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah, and I want to ask now two things. The first one is how does someone start going? How I imagine the first thing is to question the feeling or like the triggered or the the emotion, the triggered emotion in the moment. Um, this is m- my thing. Um, but if you have another something else how to know like if it's my own or if it's something that I inherited is the question but the second question 
Or you know what? <laughs> Let's answer that one first. <laughs> what, what other than questioning your own emotion, um, how can someone trace down where that feeling or like what triggered the sensation? Yeah. Yes. So, the there's no real simple answer. Although if I was to give one for someone who's already emotionally aware, then I would say that there is your stories and then there is sensations. And we can categorize our sensations whatever way we want. So if I have a sensation in my body, I can start paying attention to it, observing it, and notice what kind of labels come up, what kind of thoughts come up through me that I attach to that feeling. I'll start to notice how I describe it. So it might be, oh, this is bad. I don't like it. Oh, I start to think of my mother all of a sudden. I start to think of girls and on this big train of thought that's come from this feeling. I'm like, okay. Then I start to go, okay, what what is causing this feeling? Or what needs to be acknowledged? Because a lot of times sensations that you don't like or resist are often coming from something that you're you're not acknowledging, that you haven't acknowledged yet or haven't made peace with. So that could be a type of trauma that you've got from sexuality, the sexual side of yourself. And what I would do in that situation would be I would start asking your sensation where it comes from. So I might, a sensation through my body and I might say, okay, I'm aware that you're here right now. So right now there's a sensation in my lower back. There is a sensation in my pelvic floor. And that area is coming to mind first. So that's the area that I'm really starting to talk to. And I'm noticing that as I'm talking about it, it starts to move into my left leg. So I want to focus and shine light on the sensation. And that's the first thing. So the, the one of the most important things I like to say to myself is I am not fully sure what the sensation is but I'm open to exploring it so, mm-hmm. so I'm not wow. pretending as if I know everything about the sensation because if I knew I would probably wouldn't be asking the question in the first place <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and wow. then I try then I when I start asking questions like start in my life did this start in my mother's life and I start to notice how when I say that this started in my mother's life, this started to increase. And then when I say, did this start in my life? The, incre- the sensation decreases. If I say, did this start in my mother's life? It starts to increase. It travels up to my heart right now. So if I say, mm. did this start in my father's life? It starts to calm down. And I said, did it start in my mother's life? It starts to increase in my heart. So I'm like, okay. I'm traveling 
into the sensation and I'm matching this correct story. And the correct story for me is what moves the sensation or it, yeah, what moves the sensation or increases it or it's kind of like congruency. There's congruency with the sensation and that's the story I'm looking for. So that story might be anything. That story might be like, did it start with my great grandfather? And if it started to really start to move, then okay, I'll go with that. But what what really what I really want at the end of the day is to find the story that matches the sensation. And once that happens, I start to remember more and more about where it came from. So oftentimes at the start you'll find that it's it'll it'll be your mother or your father lifetime it started in. And but then when you start to get practicing more and more, it may become much more nuanced. It could come from your culture that they grew up in versus yours. It could come from your great great grandfather. It could come from someone in your family line that you don't even know. But it you don't really have to always know the details because your job is more to to ask a sensation to move it, and you will automatically memories anyway. Yeah. So once we figure out where the sensation came from or whose line um, or who it is in the family tree, let's say that then it's released for you. I'm asking for you. Um, yeah. So then it's released on its own or like you would go further in it. So when, when a trauma is released, I would say that people are aware of when their trauma is released. It's, it's kind of obvious, no? Like when you're emotionally charged around something, you might call it a trigger. Like you're you're oversensitive to an to an area of your life, and when you mention when you mention a topic, and you start to have this resistance towards it, you, you feel uncomfortable. Then it, then it might be a topic that you need to explore more talking about the topic again and you feel very at peace and very calm then you're you have no real reason to work on that area anymore you've made peace with it so with context to what i was saying if i have a sensation i'm trying to track where it comes from i'll keep exploring that topic that it's coming up for me so it could be around duality and it could have come from my mother's life and i'm starting to explore my mother's life to become clearer on where in my mother's life did this come from did it come from relationship with someone else did it come from her relationship with the catholic church did it come from her being abused by someone did it come from her reading a lot of material on how it was bad or something it could have come from many different sources so i'm there to actually my mother's life then through my sensations so this is a beautiful game you can play in life where you can remember where you came from without your parents actually physically having to be there without having to interact with them physically you can interact with them on a level that's very subtle in memory and some people may call it another realm or somebody could call it like a really 
a spiritual level or a more spiritual level or whatever you want to call it. It's just a different realm. Wow. As, as you said that you can remember and your parents don't have to be there physically. I had tears huh. gathering a little bit in my eyes and like feeling little something going up to my yeah. heart. <laughs> like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> there is something in there <laughs> that I need to explore myself. Wow. Oof. I would say that yeah. that's beautiful and, and embrace the sensation. <laughs> embrace. Yes. Uh -huh. Like, I, I feel like I feel you know, like when yeah. when I'm very aware of my feelings and and I'm very plugged into everything. I I love being in my body. I love being very just very in my feelings because I find that things tend to flow so well when I when I when I pay respect to what sensations coming up more so than the story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm smiling right now. Like, I, this is, I wish we, you know, I'm kind of regretting not having a video call. Like, this one, not a video, like, only audio. Because I want, like, I feel like the experience would be, it's going to be more of an experience but again it's my mind actually thinking right now about it instead of me like I just went out of my body for a second there to my mm -hmm. brain and yeah yeah I, I understand does it make sense it's like <laughs> it is what it is now yeah. and it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right, so I don't. I'm. I'm very like. I'm very. I'm a very beginner at this. I uh -huh. don't have many questions or um exploring. I'm still at very. You said you're at early yeah. stages. I feel like I'm still at the doorstep. <laughs> um. So if there is any like whatever comes to you that you want to share about this, whatever. This is not much of an interview. Like our podcast is not much of an interview. It's more of like saying what's in the yes. moment what's coming up and yes, sharing and what's coming and for if, me um what's coming up for me is that yeah i'm very appreciative of you being, being so curious about this and and really open yourself up to like ancestral work because it's not very not very commonly talked about and you things aren't talked about a lot uh, people tend to think that it might be very effective if it's not talked about a lot and i would say that that's definitely uh <laughs> definitely not true as i feel like the the more you open up to the more that you open yourself up in general, I feel like you can receive so much better things, you know? And not everything is as profitable as our things. Like, not every type of healing is as profitable as others. Like, drugs and surgery is an extremely profitable way to heal things. 
and ancestral healing is a lot more subtle and not as not as easy measurable uh, a drug is and that's just the nature of it and there's nothing less effective right? it just takes a lot more skill from the practitioner to be able to give it out and that's the beauty of it as well that's the beauty of life that someone who's able to be more open able to receive therapies that are more nuanced i would describe more nuanced and realize that drugs and surgery are amazing if they are the option but oftentimes Mm-hmm. what's the best option is not drugs and surgery and trauma work is an extremely effective therapy and an amazing therapy and and is often the one solution for the majority of chronic pain issues and the majority of chronic immune system problems is actually trauma like Trauma is is an amazing oh, wow. thing to study because when you want to understand immunity and pain, you find that trauma is like the big player majority of the time. Trauma is like such an amazing thing to understand. Like the fact that what goes unresolved or unacknowledged on the internal will show up on your external as a life event or fate. <laughs> well, um, so now I'm going, I imagine at this point, I'm healing on every level because I, like mm-hmm. 15 days ago, I underwent a surgery and I am on medic, like on one kind of um, medication. And at the same time, this is coming up like to me and I'm th- like the whole the reason Debbie suggested this podcast with you is because of an episode that we attempted to record, but it was never recorded. And we had this beautiful conversation um, and it started with me talking about where I'm originally, I'm originally from, what part of the world. And at the time, as we talked, me and Debbie, I realized that in my culture, in my DNA, there's a lot of war and like in the past there is some war um my grandma and my mother lived that war um now my country again which i'm syrian Uh lebanese and both countries are at war right now and there is a lot of um scarcity sometimes like we learned how to in the season to either um pickle the food or to um dry it up to kind of preserve it so we learned so many different ways of preserving food because it wasn't always available. And mm. so what I'm getting at is that now I believe I'm at the doorstep of releasing physical illness and um, past trauma and whatever that happens in this lifetime as well like as sarah there i have my own things to work through too like not only what i inherited 
from my ancestors and my parents. I have my own things that I am working on changing the story um, around. So the same way that you appreciate this talk, I really uh, appreciate it tenfold <laughs> more than <yeah>. you do. <laughs> I would yeah. say that I empathize with you and with what's happening in your countries because I feel that mm-hmm. so much trauma can be passed down through children when there's something like that on like a real war going on in the country because in Ireland there has been thousands mm-hmm. of years of conflict there was rarely a time in conflict in fact mm-hmm. Ireland is a country that when you look at this history it's hard to find pure peace it's actually very war torn country between the the very the very like in the before even Christ in AD it was known as a very barbaric land and uncivilized and very tribal and a lot of war going on and soon after that England invaded before that Normans invaded before that Vikings invaded like uh, the Romans took Celtic the Celtic um, powerhouse in Europe there's so much conflict in Ireland that even when Ireland got its independence in 1921 there was a lot of civil unrest and Ireland almost didn't know what to do because it was like wow we're actually free now we're ourselves like we're not fighting each other and the Catholic Church The Catholic Church basically were the next powerhouse after that. The Catholic Church had a very unique way of operating in Ireland versus other countries around the world in that if you were part of the police, you would go to priest to ask for a decision to be made because the priest was the closest to God and Ireland being an extremely Catholic country, being very, very religious, the priest was very revered. And if you said something against the priest, it was often said that you would be cursed by the priest. Oh, wow. So if the priest molested your child, then the parent might be scared to say something against the priest for doing that because he was the one closest to God he knows best and that's how the story goes about trauma in Ireland where there has been so much confusion with Irish genetics about how what does it feel like to be to be your to be yourself to be, or it's almost like rebellious there's rebellious behaviours in Irish people. For hundreds and hundreds of years, Ireland rebelled against controllers because they wanted to be free. And it's really, 
feel a lot of empathy towards people in this land because there's been a lot of narratives passed down to the Irish people about how much we deserve to be slaves, how we deserve to be second class citizens, how we deserve to be punished, how we deserve to be in conflict and how we uh, deserve not to feel pleasure sexuality, not have sex before marriage, you know, all this kind of stuff passed down. I feel like the behaviours of modern Irish people are heavily influenced by what's been programmed before. Mm, you know, as you talked about that, I felt sensations again in, in my body because it's like you're telling the story of where I come from. Because uh-huh. the, the, the wars go back even like you said before Christ, before all that. Like it goes way back. Um, like remember when you said when Ireland finally was a country with no one, no control or people didn't know what to do with themselves. That's the first time Syrians, I'm speaking for Syria right now. So in in the recent history, when I say recent, I mean like the 1900s um, and on, Every time they had a new president, Syrian president, people would rebel and revolutions and like they would have a new president till this person came to take control of the country who is Syrian as well. But because people did not know freedom, like they couldn't even agree to one person to be the president. And that goes um this person was not the best. <laughs> so uh-huh. what happened is there was a lot of dictatorship in the country. There was a lot of, because people didn't know how freedom and, you know, the, the, how to say this, when you, when you abuse someone for a long time and you give them freedom, they, if, if we don't heal ourselves, we're going to reflect that pain into someone, Right. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what happened in the country. There was a lot of pain reflected on the people by the Syrian, like, you know, people from the same country, same culture, who share the same history, could, because we did not know, we didn't learn how to release that. It just showed up in different ways. And now there is another, like, civil war going on where people, again, it's and like it's sad because it's getting to the point where people from the same family would kill each other uh, just because they have different opinions. And on the outside, it seems the problem is different opinions and beliefs, but it really is lots of um, they were they have a lot of pain that is not exposed and not being healed. And 
it's just reflecting in this violent way. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. I worry for generations to come. I, I, I mm. worry, and at the same time, I feel like it's. I, I don't know if if you can heal a whole country. You know, I sometimes I look and I. Another thing that me and Debbie bonded on the first time we talked is that she asked me a question and I was like, oh, this spoke to me because she said that, do you ever feel guilty that you're here? You have opportunities and there are people over there who don't. And there is that guilt that creeps in or like comes up every now and then that oh my God, I should be, I mean, that's now that's my reason to be grateful. Like that's my go-to when I'm feeling, when I take things personal and I lose my, my way, like to my mind, I find that gratitude by just remembering that I have this opportunity that 23 other million people don't have, who I was born and raised in the same area as them. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if, like, I feel that I want to change things in there. And at the same time, I understand it's each person has to do the hard work and dig deeper inside and face the ugliness of oneself or the ugliness that we hide inside um that we carry and then and i can feel my voice now like going up and down and huh. it's bringing a lot of things in me right now like yeah my heart is pounding faster and um <sighs> yes <laughs> yeah feeling that in my heart feeling that my heart's a little bit sunken in at the moment mm-hmm. and just want to pay attention to that and acknowledge that my beautiful internal GPS is telling me amazing it is to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I really want to say that there is a lot of questions being asked about like, should somebody take responsibility for a country war torn and somebody starving in Africa? and somebody starving on the street and you know it's a question that I ask myself a lot like is it my job responsibility for for people in that situation and I would say that I have to follow my intuition and follow my heart first before anything and that could be I go towards someone in those areas and directly help them with food or it could be that I educate people across the internet um, on how to empower themselves, which could change their external. And um, I'm, I personally, my role is, is that I want to inspire people to change how they react to the external. So realize that they are the masters of how they react more than they think. I think it's much more possible in how we can 
how we can tune in and react and how we can do it for our best, most authentic selves rather than than just constantly being a victim to what's happening on the external. And I mean that in regards pain, for example, might be the most challenging moment to do that in where you could be excru- you can be feeling excruciating pain and there could be thoughts like okay I want to end I want to get out of here and that that's an option but at the same time you have so much power to actually listen to the pain as a feedback and you have you have an opportunity to pay attention to what feedback you're getting and you can look at it from a point of view of, okay, pain is bad and, oh, it's not helping me. Or you can look at the bigger picture and realize that every single sensation, there's a cause, there's a reason behind everything. It's not random. In fact, everything has a cause in the whole universe. There is no random. It might not be in your comprehension. It might not be in the homo sapiens consciousness to understand it but it's happening and it could be so subtle that you might not have your your world built to understand it yet but realize that maybe the smartest question you can say in that moment is that i actually don't know but i'm but i'm listening i'm listening to the sensation i'm listening to the source or the god or the universe or whatever it is that's given me this feedback and it could be the fact that I haven't not I've haven't been listening to myself for twenty years, and then I got in a car accident. I haven't been eating the right food for two years, and now I've have a skin condition. I haven't been listening to the fact that I've been walking in wooden shoes for for two days, and now I have a. Spot. It could be the fact that. I'm waking up at 2 a.m. every morning and I have hormone problems. It could be the fact that I have an abusive relationship and I'm not respecting myself out of it. And now I have a headache. And it, it, there's reasons behind everything. And I feel like and a bigger reason you can look into, okay, what was my parents doing? And is it trauma from them? And is it, the karma that they have not resolved within themselves. There's many different ways of, of different solutions, many different causes for things. But pain for me is the most main signal that we can get in our lifetime. For me, it's like, if you really don't know what's going on, then bang an injury or bang pain pain will tell you okay here's where not to go go the other way okay when you do that i'm going to give you pain because that's not what you should be doing or if you're doing that career and you're not fulfilled and you're getting pain from and okay don't go there anymore go the other way it's like mm. if you're blocking and judging your pleasure you get pain if you go away from listening to your intuition and your heart, then you make a pain. So pain is really a guidance signal. It's like a signpost or a breadcrumb to go a certain direction. And pain to somebody who's living in the wild is actually the greatest feedback they can get because without pain, 
they wouldn't survive and they wouldn't eat food or they wouldn't they wouldn't do well at all in the wild. So pain is how we got here. And if we didn't have pain even today in today's world, then we just wouldn't. And I feel like pain is probably the most fundamental thing to understand for human beings. Wow. What you said is not very new to me, but I heard it and it, and it, I hear it in a new way or Mm -hmm. uh, it, you make me think about it in a new way. Um, I'm thinking about pain in a whole new different way and I'm going to explore with it coming Mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. That I, I, it's an incredibly empowering thing to understand because pain is at to the brain a hundred percent of the time, and the brain chooses whether it wants to create pain or not. And this is basic neuroscience or basic pain science: is that mm-hmm. the brain control and pain is an output of the nervous system, not an input super interesting and pain is on one level it's quite complex but on a level pain is a choice and mm. that's just amazing to understand that a science story because if you understand it through that story then then everything else is quite easy to understand so I feel like there's not enough people talking about pain science and the idea that pain is a choice of the brain 100% of the time. If you have a structural problem in your body, it doesn't mean you have to have pain. There's actually no research to prove that because you have a structural problem means that you should have pain. In fact, that's, that's, that's so amazing for many people to hear is that that you don't have to have tissue damage, actual tissue damage to have pain. And there used to be an understanding that pain equals tissue damage or equals a structural problem, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the majority of pain is actually not real damage. It's just perceived. It's like, it's like it's potential. It's potential damage. The majority of pain is potential. Real damage. And it's, it's, I often use the analogy of a burglar alarm where the burglar alarm might go off a hundred times in a year, but probably once or twice it might be a burglar. 98 other times it was a cat or a dog or the wind throwing something down. Like, Ian, it's just constantly given, it's constantly going, giving us the, our bodies are constantly interpreting what's what's happening our brains constantly interpreting what's happening and last thing i would say is that when people use the word the mind the idea of the word the mind i I tend to find that it does confuse things when it comes to pain because well brain it's often easy to to understand where that is and it's very easy to to take off your own brain but if I say the mind, the mind is often so, is often 
confusing for people to understand what exactly the mind is. The word the mind that people tend to get confused about okay, the mind creates pain, or they'll be like, okay, maybe it does, or maybe it doesn't. If I just say, okay, just say the brain, then it becomes very simple and it becomes very easy to take ownership for it. Wow. Um, I did not know that pain was potential damage, not exactly. Um, it not always means that there is something wrong. Um, Debbie just got on with us. I'm like mind blown right now and like not only mind blown like even my like I had sensations coming up and I'm moving I was moving around the house I'm sitting on the couch like now in the bedroom I'm like walking all over the place (laughs) like this conversation been going yeah I mean you're gonna hear it anyway you're gonna listen to the whole episode later but yes Sure, I'm, I'm sure I agree on things, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have invited you on here. I wouldn't have benefited done that if I didn't have some agreement. So, sure. <laughs> but the, the, the little piece I did here was it's interesting. I was a paramedic for 17 years, and one of the things you see quite quickly is how people deal with pain or what pain might be or might not be or what we think it is, it isn't sometimes. But how you can have somebody who everyone's looking at going, How are they not in pain? seeing like parts going in different directions and then other people that you can't even find there's, there's no like physical looking thing of it and they're just excruciatingly in pain uh-huh mm. yeah fascinating it's fun it's... to watch but it's great to hear that yes it can be well i'm sure you said lots on it i'll just leave it <laughs> yeah i actually want to bring up the idea of like some the two legs chopped off and for the next 10 years they could have excruciating foot pain yep or they could also have situations where um they're taken off and or and everything was fine and then they fall down or trip or something else happens and then their pain starts at that point because it's re-triggered by a, a new situation or a new energy uh-huh. and the landmine of um, the energy that was there before but wasn't really coming out and then the person, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy and fun all at the same time. It is. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that used to be a lot of at some point, a lot of nerve, what, what was called nerve pain and then uh, I was walking along on a path and frustrated so I started walking in a creek on rocks and my pain went away. 
Really? And I tell people the story, and they're like, "What? How? Like nobody would nobody would prescribe that for me." All the PTs would say, "No way!" All the doctors would say, "You can't do that. It's risky. It's dangerous." But you know, the thing that worked for me uh-huh. for it to go away was me being in my joy. That's how I label that. But uh-huh. um, doing something that you know lit my heart up. So if I did that, boop, gone, and suddenly that part of it was gone. Oh, was like, wow! Yeah, it's just some people label their sensation as pain and and mm-hmm. I can jump in their body and I'd be like, what? This is not pain. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's such yeah. a, it's such dependent on how people interpret that label. Well, isn't it interesting when people have like multiple personalities and their body literally changes, their eye colors can change, their molds can change, their... Oh, um, God. Yeah, foods and all kinds of things can change. Like, you could have somebody that's anaphylactic, can go in anaphylactic shock over an, um, like a peanut or something in one bot, in one personality and the other personality not. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's amazing. And I, 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 this reminds me of where I've often got feedback on how when someone meets me every month, they're like, well, it's like I'm talking to a different person. And I'm like, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's the whole point. We're supposed to keep going that way, right? This it's is the upgraded version. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it's an upgrade. <laughs> I'm just assuming that it's an upgrade. Everything. That's how we're labeling it. <laughs> I don't know. It feels better, I guess. Yeah. Those feel good. Goes, what a feeling. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, Miles, thank you for coming on with us. I'm like. Thank you, Devin. Goofy that it got all goofy in my world and it had an emergency issue, but you know what? Eh, yeah. like it. It's meant yeah. to be this way. Oh yeah. You know, I I I trust. I told you I trust unplanned oh, events yeah. and emergencies, yeah. and this has been a great. Honestly, it's been a great conversation. Like I said, um, I've learned a lot. I. Good. I um opened. Miles' way of explaining things and his way of um, talking about trauma and pain and everything has opened my perception like in a new way, you know? So I'm looking at everything differently. And now in my head, um, going back to if, like, for example, with me, something manifested physically and I did not have much pain. Like, it wasn't, I didn't go to the doctor because I was in pain. I got a doctor because physically something did not look right. Mm-hmm. And till today, I'm trying to think what was that like. Well, it is my thyroid. I'm going to talk about it now. Um, It is my thyroid. And I was dealing with um multiple nodules. Um, there was something else. And it's all around the throat area right so now i'm thinking what is that trying to tell me like what is and now i'm thinking back to the first the very first time i went to the hospital six years ago because something um because i had an infection or swollness in my throat at the same time at that time and now i'm thinking back if there is anything that i haven't settled and i can recall someone that I haven't that I've been meaning to call for 
quite some time it's an old story it's like an 11 year old story that I need to like settle down that it keeps coming back to my heart like it I just something is not settled in there that I need to settle down so this is and that landmine might even go back further into your childhood where it was initially kind of not created but yes momentum was carried from but I know that one that I have there is a phone call that I have to make and that might be a key that might not be a key like I'm just gonna go down that road and Uh check it out if that's it or not (laughs) and isn't it interesting how these things we don't feel pressed to do until suddenly there's something kind of gnawing or pushing or yes yeah totally until we until we go okay wait i'm listening now i'm surrendering i'm gonna do it (laughs) like that's how i feel right now like okay what else (laughs) yep Uh... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So a good mentor of mine was really great. She's like, you know, put a pencil in your hand. No. You're breaking up. I can't hear you well, Debbie. Yeah. Hello. We just forget. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Were you you, I I didn't hear you. Oh, I was saying I have a mentor that um we used to talk about anything that's like disturbing or troubling or triggering or anything like that. And they're like, you know, it's like a pencil in your hand. If you grabbed a pencil, put it in your hand, someone said, drop it, you would drop it. Well, generally speaking, oh. I don't get into my resistance on life. But <laughs> at times, you know, I mean, most people just drop it, no big deal. Um, mm. But we don't do that with everything and we can do that with everything. Uh. It can be that easy. You just there are multiple ways and reasons maybe it you know conditions it hasn't quite been that way that's i feel what we're getting back to so that emotions can be 90 seconds emotions can by, be 90 seconds yeah most emotions go through the body i think they figured it out in about 90 seconds you ever have an emotion last just 90 seconds this is the first time i hear it yeah so if, if, if they're lasting longer, that's why kids can go from zero to 60 and like nothing and then back to whatever their baseline so fast because oh, wow. comes in, comes out so fast, Just, you know, air movement, energy. So if it's lasting much longer, it's there's something holding it. Mm. But that's really a little tricky because, you know, like how do you singular anything down to a singular emotion? It's always what, who knows, thousands. <laughs> Yeah, we can label our story but whatever it's our we want. Awareness. Yeah. What was that, Miles? Yeah, we can we can label our sensations whatever way we want, and it's yeah. amazing that we can do that because we can capture and signature different energies through words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like when i go to my chiropractor she'll go push on a spot and next thing you know i'm giggling galore but and that used to happen when i was a kid i'd be tick- I'm so easily ticklish but that's also you know considered the pain receptor too and all these other receptors and all these other things i'm like okay i don't know anymore <laughs> wait tickling is considered pain receptor as well the same way you would feel what we are often what I, you know what i've often termed pain is also the same 
if you look at the physical part and the 3D, I guess, um, the same way you would feel like tickling. You know, the more that you guys so I laugh. So then the ones that like, so that <laughs> I have this running joke with a friend of mine, I'm like, be aware of people that aren't ticklish. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, wow. No, I feel like the more you guys talk and um, drop the knowledge on me and whoever is listening, I was telling Miles before, I feel like he said that he still a beginner at this. And I'm like, I feel like I'm at the doorstep, like outside. Now I feel like I'm on the steps before I even get to the door. Like it's the steps <laughs> like down there. Like I have few steps to go up. And then I'm at the door of this whole thing. Well, every time I get to a step, it seems like it just disappears. And then also it's like, yeah. well, I'm going to feel anyway. So let's start over again. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of got that. Like, yeah, I really don't know anything. But this is where I'm at the moment. This is what the current view looks like. An image wow. Until they get in like an, around another version of the circle of it going, wow, yeah, there's a whole other loop I didn't quite see. All right. Such is life. Such is life. Yes. That's what we came here to do. It's how we came here to play, right? <laughs> There's an eagle flying by right now. Can you say hi to the bald eagle? Where, you know, where are you yeah. in the world right now? Where am I in the world? Yeah. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, Bellingham, Washington right now. Oh, yes. Bellingham. Bellingham. It's very nice. Bellingham was... was uh, was a very it's very like relaxed that's what I felt in Bellingham yeah yeah it's a very relaxed community very supportive I love it (laughs) what you do you gotta like mention anything like you can talk about anything people so frequently the first thing they would be like oh I know so and so in this and I know this and and and, oh you know you can do this over here like even just the place I literally just came from um were, were telling me about various different things too I was like I love this place. It's like <laughs> it's like walking out in the wild and finding like raspberry bushes and strawberry patch and all this stuff. You're just like, I had no idea. And you walk into these pl- these places or people's homes and it's like, holy cow, this is awesome. <laughs> the abundance. Like I mm. literally just heard about um, con- conscious objection to being drafted in in the uh, in the military. Uh-huh. I'm going to stop for one moment. I have to pause for a minute. I have an officer coming to say hello. Make sure I'm all okay. Hi. Mm. Yep, I was just on a call. Okay. Thanks. Going to be grateful for road. them. <laughs> I know. Here I am talking about support. I love it. Isn't that awesome? Uh, yeah, there's kind of subjection. Like you're in the military and you decide to um, back way back when. I don't even know if it's still something that they do didn't want to be drafted or go into the military you could you could go into agriculture and do farming mm-hmm. you would work on the government farms that was your sort of service wow i didn't even know that was an option actually <laughs> maybe everybody knows that one and i'm just like how did i go all these years and not have any clue to that because i used to feel really bad when a friend of mine would talk to me about their um, military service and they would relate it to me being an ems and i was like are you kidding i chose that like that work and what I did and what I saw it where other people didn't have that choice if they were drafted in and uh, now I'm like oh maybe they have more choices I just never do 
interesting. What did you base your choice on when you became an EMS, it's called, the emergency thing? EMS is emergency EMS. medical services. Yeah, emergency. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, wait, I <laughs> know emergency something. Yeah, EMT is emergency yeah. medical technicians. That's what we all yeah. are at varying levels. What did I... What was your question? What how did, did you base your... How did you choose it? <laughs> like everything, it chooses me. Um, so, oh. Seriously, I was... Um, yeah, that's what it was. So I had been a lifeguard. And then I was at school doing athletic training, going in to be um, exercise science and different things. And... I ended up having to take first aid classes and I was coaching and all of a sudden I wanted to know more. But then it was like, every time I do something, I was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. Like I felt like I wasn't contributing as much or didn't know enough to contribute as much. Say in, um, and so I just wanted, like, how do I handle the situation? What do I do if this happens or that happens? I just wanted to know more. So I basically took, that the training so I could learn more of how to help and then next thing I know I got sucked in <laughs> and, hmm. and, uh, ended up going on to become a paramedic so yeah people ask me like how'd you do that I was like I was built for it I don't know I feel that like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're all built for something like you know when we follow our hearts content, I feel like, like we had this conversation before yeah but it wasn't recorded oh yeah we had this conversation before but it was not recorded it was on a video on facebook chat it makes me go like i don't really know other jobs or things that you guys have done myself that you feel you're built for too like anything caregiving i'm built for but well i know for myself that i was in a complete different field which was in retail and all that um and for some time everybody thought that I got my life figured out and I thought that and then all of a sudden I'm like I'm tired of this I want a nine to five so I went back to school for a medical assistant and as I was finishing that class the program director says that there is a new massage therapy class opening in the school and since I was a good student he asked me if I want to listen for one week he was he would allow me to listen for one week um sit in the class and see if i like it and the first day was reflexology and i fell in love right away i'm like you're telling me that there are points on our feet or in our hands that we can stimulate in a certain way and that can actually help the body from the inside out like yes sign me up for it and since then i've been a massage therapist <laughs> nice yeah what you so, mine was to do touch for years was just like r- really easy to me almost or mm-hmm. rem- easy to remember things when i when i done body works like i done massage course years ago and I just realized that <clears throat> I can remember the whole routine and I've done it once. I'm like, wow, this, mm. this was really, I didn't know it was different until the teacher was like, how did you remember all that? And I, I don't know. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I remember 
playing sports. I tried to be a professional when I was younger and I would always feel expressive when I was when I had a football in my hands and I would play in sport, I would often just feel very at peace with myself, very expressive and outside sport I often was like, What do I do now? I'm in school sitting and I have to sit down and yeah. not allowed to stand and everything's just talking and I'm like I'm not really wanting to learn this way <laughs> and I'm like yes. I'd rather do things and I'd, and then all, all the boys would be wanting to wrestle with each other I'm like it's school's almost like building up the boys uh, urges even more where they want to yeah. wrestle they want to play they want to be physical and it's very non-physical and that it's very not interesting for how the learning styles for boys are mm. very physical and um in school it's it's quite the opposite and I, I do notice that that my sisters and a lot of uh, I'd notice a lot of girls do much better in like high schools in res- exam results be much better in boys and I don't know why that is but I think one of the reasons could be that boys don't get enough time to express their physicality in ways that I don't know it's it's kind of almost too much non-physical in schools and then I got it out through sport and then I found I was a very kinesthetic learner I really learned through doing and moving Mm -hmm. anything that was to do with physical I would be very attracted to so that would be body work (laughs) and I done personal training from mm-hmm. from learning through sport. I was really interested in personal training and learning about nutrition and movement. And there, I I was always interested in psychology and behavior. And when I got to body work, it was like, wow, I can see how behavior changes through talk, and I can see how our behavior is driven by what's happening inside our little bodies wow this is so cool and and i just got fascinated by it because i often find that what what what's going for me is something that i rarely lose energy around it's like i have so much enthusiasm and so much creativity like wow this seems to be the area that i have all this energy towards and i, I should stay around these places rather than the other yeah. places that i don't have it <clears throat> i call that when i'm vibrating <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, right. I, said that too, and I, I have this one other friend I'm like I'll call her I'm like I'm vibrating it's like when I'm in my pure joy of like something's lighting me up and I'm like learning something new and gaining and I didn't know before and it's like everything else I knew is just going getting crushed and I'm like yes it's like all becoming new again yeah that's awesome and yeah there's like an epic amount of energy there it's like just makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> But then again, that's all we are, right? We're just these vibrating energy beings running around. Yeah. Wanting to play at our most highest joy. Yeah. They often say, how how vibrant does somebody look when they're asking for questions? Like, oh, he looks very vibrant or she looks very vibrant. And I'm often mm. like, does that mean that he's, does it mean that he's, he's very, he's vibrant, very high? Or he's, you know, I was like, it's, it see it. If somebody is vibrating quite high, you can see it in their eyes, how alive they look, how 
enthusiastic they look yeah. you can see it and you can feel it around them the way they behave and they move and then you're like then you see how words are often can be different to what what actually is going on and some people can say that oh this person is vibing very high but they look almost dead you know and i'm like it's it's funny how words when you understand words you can understand what vibration is because vibration is something i feel kids understand very well they they almost they understand it well they don't even have a word for it no you know what's really funny is so (laughs) when i'm in my giddy as i call it and i'm like totally tuned in with all these visibles and just like everywhere I turn is some little message and I'm clicking and I'm just like, woo. And I'm like, I literally find myself like almost hooting like an owl. I'm like, woo, woo, woo. Like it's like really <laughs> excited, right? And so I was associated with the owl, like hoot, hoot. And I was just reading something <clears throat> earlier in the week in this, this book and they were talking about the, the sound of part of the universe, sound of nature and stuff like that. And it's H-U-E, hue is the sound. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the freaking sound I've been making. <laughs> Not knowing that, you know, somebody else had already been aware of all this stuff and that was the, the sound or whatever. I'm like, but there's there's the thing that I always say with kids. We naturally, we naturally do this stuff and not just kids, but us. Like, it, it'll come out of us. It'll come through us if we just get ourselves in those places that are lighting us up and uh, we're drawn to and we're excited in and we're just literally just, yeah, vibrating. <laughs> Yeah, so like kids, <laughs> kids know, and then we forget, and then we have to remember. Yeah. Child, in order to remember. Yeah, mm. and it was tricky too because people would be like, "Well, remember your childhood? Remember who you were when you were seven or eight? And it was really tricky <clears> for me to go back and have like a. I would always go back to sort of that physical memory, like I remember playing in the creeks and rivers and outside and loving nature but in the same regard it's like I, I hadn't quite separated it fully from the underlying pain current that had been there too in that whole process so it was like I would go back but then it's like I would still always have like this weight over all of that and so it's like until I pulled off those labeled pain whatever landmines weight it wasn't until I could really actually even remember the earlier memory which you would think would be there that wasn't fully there yeah I often I I I have I had the same where often there's so much just chaos chaos in my in my teenage life that mm. I think as a teenager I just blocked off the earlier memories because it was like I don't know how to deal with any of what's going on I don't know how to deal with this pain I don't know how to deal with all this emotional chaos and and then when I got to it was like what happened before I was a teenager I can't remember anymore then I started to I started to think if I go into my teenage life and start to make peace with that then I might start remembering childhood and I might start realizing that when I was a child I often didn't think the same now I didn't think in concepts or I didn't think Mm -hmm. necessarily in, in the words I use now so I have to I have to embody uh, uh, a child more to understand what I felt like a child. Because if I start using what I know, then I'll not remember. I have to start mostly through feelings that I get. And if I access the feelings, 
and then I can access lots of memories and the memories are often they're not they're mostly like visual memories of something or like feet being around somewhere and playing and just being at wonder at the world and, and being total flow where you're, you're you're having fun because nothing has to make sense exactly following the wonderment you're giving me a lot to explore with and to try and sit with (laughs) (laughs) no for real like i I feel like i have a lot like no thank you guys honestly i'm very grateful for this whole conversation i feel like i have a lot to play with and follow Mm. try on is what i or not try on well it's i don't like always use the word try because it's for the way but you know try on as in like clothing like you kind of get to put it onto yourself and go does this like integrate with me does this jive with me it's just kind of resonate you know and then go yeah that's the only way i know how to understand things is to try myself (laughs) yeah exactly that's funny because like that's everybody it doesn't literally take that stuff up and throw it as far as you can move on (laughs) it's a it's something to to explore with you know it's something to to follow and see if it leads me to something or not um yeah it's all different options in the experience depends on what there's different flavors experience and we can decide to try out different flavors and if you don't like it we can go to another flavor and it's all part of the experience mm-hmm. and get fat no i'm just kidding <laughs> not in this <laughs> no, that's no, a label anyway. Get rid of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That one on. Throw it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Like I, ha- I have I to put sure. evidence of that word. <laughs> My creator does not know what that word. Is. Are you kidding me? True. My creator does not know. Get a get a higher power. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this is fun. It is. So anybody has any thing they feel like lingering, anything they want to add? Um, me and Debbie normally try to leave people with one challenge or practice or some something. So anything you want to leave people with, Miles, and I'm calling this off. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I decided to, and I didn't ask you guys if you, if you feel satisfied with the episode. I just realized that I'm, I decided on my own. I think I felt an instantaneous satisf- satisfaction when we all just suddenly got quiet. In that okay. moment, it was like, yeah, I'm complete with this. This is good. Yes. Yeah. I'm- okay. Yeah. Okay, good. But I won't speak for Miles. I, I, I want to yeah. say that very grateful for speaking to you two and downloading together and I really enjoyed swimming in this experience and I would I would tell anybody listening to this to re- replay some parts that you not understand and, and it's okay not to know you don't have to know um, you might know you might feel it's impo- something's important that's been said and you can write it down. You don't have to understand it now. Think in next month, 
might sink in in the future and that's all that's all how it works anyway so i would say that that's one thing and second thing is if if you're fascinated by understanding your own pain and understanding trying to understand how to get out of suffering then you can reach out to people there's lots of different things and coaches out there that that can help you there's there's people who deal with pain and there's people who deal with emotional coaching there's lots of different options out there and there's people in your local area you can get to and there's there's myself i can uh, help you understand if you want to understand your pain you want to understand what's going on for you you want to see how to even understand your own pain and then you can learn that it's not it's not exclusive to a few people everyone can learn this everyone can be um, uh, their own doctor everyone can diagnose themselves and treat themselves the the power is in in a method or a drug or a surgery it's it's in you you decide you're the, you're the decision and i would recommend first getting a coach or someone who knows or some book or because it's the same idea as as personal training where somebody wants to go to the gym might not know anything, and then they go to the gym once or twice and then they give up because they're getting no results but if they had been taught how to get the instruction manual to the gym, then they might have loved it and then stayed forever. So that's all I would say. Wow. Woo-hoo. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a great closing. And with that, Miles, how does anybody get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can get a hold of me on two ways. So there is social media. Uh, Facebook is Miles Trainer. So my name is is on the on the link here ALES and then the, my surname's T R E A N O R. So it's the same on face or on Instagram and then on my website it's my name milestrainer.com. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Miles, um, for sharing this space with us today, uh, for bringing so many beautiful things up and sensations. And there are parts of this conversation. I imagine people will feel the sensations in their body because I felt it or it brought something up to me you know um as you were talking and i imagine you mentioned few books in the beginning when i asked you about few books um i wrote them down in my notes but if somebody wants to they could go back to the beginning of the episode and write those down as well um i'm done debbie if you want to close it take it away the stage is all yours (laughs) All right. Anybody else want to do a hoot, 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 or a hoot, hoot, hoot? <laughs> to end this Hell yeah! Oh. All righty. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Love to all. Bye. 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 Bye.